Welcome to Life in Private Staffing with me, Philippa Smith, MD of Silver Swan Recruitment. As we all know, the private sector is a pretty crazy one. Not only can it be very challenging to work in, but it can be pretty lonely too, as let's face it, no one really understands what it is that we do. So let's come together, help, support, educate and inspire one another, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to this week's episode of Life in Private Staffing with, as you know, me, Philippa Smith, MD and owner of Silver Swan Recruitment. Hope you've all had a good week. It's quite nice doing these weekly, isn't it? Hear my dulcet tones every week instead of every other week. No, so all good. Looking forward to this week's episode. This week we have Phoebe on. Phoebe is an experienced house manager based here in the UK. We've known Phoebe for ages. She's part of our UK community which is actually our largest house manager community because we started it, we started it first. So she's very active in that. We've, she's been to a few of our events, but she's also got tons of experience. So really keen to sort of get her on, talk to her about her career and how she got into the sector, her highs, her lows, and what she's up to at the moment. Before we do though, as always, our fabulous sponsor, Estate Management Systems, Kelly Dixon. She has uh, most recently launched a podcast called Dear Billionaire. If you haven't checked it out, do. On here, she shares valuable wisdom to millionaires and billionaires from private service professionals related to all things the staff wish they could tell their principals without fear of losing their jobs. The listeners will understand what it takes to be a good employer, why homeowners should care, and how to turn over management of their household staff and most valuable assets to someone else so they can enjoy the life they've earned. So do tune in. You'll find The Billionaire on Apple and Spotify, or you can visit her website, estatemanagementsystems.com. And as always, Life and Private Staffing listeners receive a discount on all of Kelly's products. Use the promo code LIFE25. Right, on with the show. Hello, Phoebe. How are you? Welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, Philippa. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're a long-time friend and fan of Silver Swan, aren't you? I, I am, yeah. No, I'm a big fan. I, I really love your team. You know, they, I've had um, some great conversations with them. And I, I think, yeah, what you're doing in the industry is just fantastic. It's really innovative and really different to a lot of the other agent offerings out there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fully in support. Fabulous, fabulous. And you're part of our community. So that's another way we've been socialising. Our, our UK community has been, I think you've been one of our OGs, one of our original members, which is great. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, it's just an amazing resource and it's so useful in so many ways to be able to connect and I think one of the things in this industry is it's so key to have allies and and to have partnerships and to have other people to talk to you know I think it's very difficult often for friends and family to understand what it's like to work in this industry so the more people that you know uh, the better you know the more it improves your life so that's been a huge part of the group yeah cool good 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 so I want to cover loads today because we have shorter episodes so we need to cram it in but I want to know all about sort of you and your journey and why you're here and what it is that you love about this industry, what are some of your challenges. But then also you're about to start something quite cool on your own, which I'm really keen to talk about as well. Thank you. Just so people know what you're going to be doing. So take us right back then. So where did it all start for you? So in the I've kind of got a tale of two halves in my work history. I sort of spent about eight years working in general business and traveling a lot around the world and working around the world in many countries. And then sort of about eight years ago, I, I decided 
to get into working for ultra high net worth clients. I was quite strategic. I spent a bit of time working actually at a guest house because I wanted to work on super yachts. And so I kind of thought, well, I need to know I like cleaning and that I'm going to be able to do this day in, day out. So uh, I started there. I then ended up working in Antibes for three months for a crew house and running that. That kind of was almost my first house manager position because it had a lot of similarities of running a property, maintenance, you know, I was there unclogging the drains and whatever else needed to be done. Very hands-on. And then um, after that, I stepped on board at a yacht for the first time. I actually had a baptism of fire because I, I got on board as a, as a sole stewardess, even though I'd not had a yachting position before. So that was pretty bonkers. Wow. I know. <laughs> was mad it, I look back at it now I think it was mad it, it was a lot they were informal clients but there was still super yacht standards to uphold and it was a, a newly acquired yacht for them so there was a lot of instatement to do like getting things up and running but it was so much fun um, and we were in uh, Turkey so it's just absolutely beautiful um, and so I was with them uh, for the summer season and then as the summer season was coming to an end they basically were like okay we well, need to keep working for us this can't be the end which was really nice and so they convinced me then to uh, go over with them to to Australia and I was working on they had um, boats and yachts in Australia so I was working with them there and um, from there my role sort of just evolved to a land-based position um, and I was based in Australia for a while with them and it was great because they had a lot of different properties they had yachts they had all sorts of different elements that I could bring together and so my kind of business experience then came in and really coupled with the business, the super yacht, and then the lifestyle. And I was, you know, doing everything from travel. If there was a relative in town that they needed to kind of offload, then I'd take them round and show them the sites or whatever needed to be done, really. I sort of had a very 360 role with them. And that was just fantastic because it allowed me to be able to kind of have all this different experience, get it on the ground and bring together what was already done before. Um, and again, I was doing, you know, business PA work and executive assistant support, you know, all sorts of things every day was different which was really fun um, and then after that my life changed I came back to the UK I, I actually uh, got married and I, I decided to move back to the UK so my husband and I could be here so um, I then had no idea that this was a thing you know like I'd left England but I had no clue that this was um, an industry that even existed and I started looking and was like oh wow this is a thing <laughs> You know, like super yachting, I think is very kind of covert and, and often people don't realize it's a thing. It, it was definitely the same for me stepping into this world. So I started getting into contact with agencies and um, I realized that I was in a little bit of a unique position because I had this sort of multi-dimensional experience versus other candidates sort of come just from a pure hospitality background. A lot of people do, but you know, it takes all sorts, doesn't it? So it was, it was great. Um, and then I started working for um, a completely different client that they really wanted super yacht standard on land. Um, and I took um, a position that was overseeing a lot more staff. I felt like that was something missing in my work history because in business and in super yachting, you know, I'd not had this opportunity to run a team. I wasn't chief stewardess I had you know housekeepers and, and gardeners that I was taking care of but it wasn't quite the same level that I wanted to be at so I took a position where I had five um, housekeepers underneath me and there was a lot of a, a you know much bigger larger team that I was working around which was really good to again cut my teeth on that and, and understand the real inner workings of how that operates and the kind of communication that's needed um, and again what I found is that a lot of my business and kind of communications experience really came into play because there was a lot of things I found missing and I still see it now when I talk to colleagues about how 
internal communications work and, and how that works between clients and staff and, and how important that is. You know, it's when you've got a lot of people working together, that has to be super on point and major mistakes can happen just because of bad comms. So I really focused in on that with that role and kind of overhauled everything and, and really brought it up to a whole new level of, yeah, operation really versus where it was before. So anyway, after I'd done all that, I then left that role and took on an amazing, amazing. How long were you in that role for? I was about two years, I think I was there. Yeah. And again, I've got a real history of, you know, I tend to kind of come in, fix all these different things and kind of you know, overhaul everything and instate new systems and kind of look at everything with a fresh pair of eyes um, and work really hard on a project. And then, you know, after that kind of go, okay, right, what's my next challenge? You know, I, I tend to sort of, you know, get to a point where I feel like, right, I'm ready for something new because I've learned this inside out now and I, and I want to do something different. So, after that, I did um, take on a, a yeah a really big project. I went into it as a you know kind of a house manager, but really it was an estate manager's position because I was doing outside inside um, oversight in all ways, and it was a new property um, that the client literally had just moved into. And um, you know, little did I know when I stepped in how sort of broad this role would be and how broad I could make it, which was fantastic because they still had we you know still have builders in the property. You know, we, I arrived the day that the boxes arrived and we were doing you know all of these uh, kind of mechanical and engineering handovers with um, vendors saying okay here's your new you know HVAC system here's the bible you know off you go and it was so much fun again I you know I love these baptism of fire uh, opportunities and so I just really really you know, relished that and it allowed me to build everything from the ground up so you know I could make detailed documents that were okay right what's that paint color what's that skirting board you know who did this who did that on every element of the role um, and ensure that you know I really was able to get everything running and projects done um, in a very refined way and it was quite different you know ordinarily properties of that nature might have an interior designer or more additional support outside uh, whilst I was working a little bit with sort of project managers and, and architects we didn't have an assigned uh, interior designer for that project so it was a lot of me and the client directly doing it so one of the crazy things we did that was so much fun between us we coordinated and designed an entire light fitting that was like 22 pieces of glass 22 lights at an eight meter ceiling height uh, with the spoke metal work, the electricians are like, well, I'll run your cables. And then, you know, the uh, chandelier company who works with who are amazing were like, well, we'll do the glass. And then it's like, okay, who's going to put this thing together? You know, so I had to find everybody in each element of that to bring it together and to make it happen. Um, and then, there, oh, by the way, there was also artwork that interacted and had to be hung. So I mean, I get really down in the weeds of things like, okay, so how are we going to suspend this artwork? You know, I found like this braided cabling that then could be made off easily and crimped and, you know, the right hooks and the right weight capacity. So it really let me be very creative and go so wild with, you know, the world of my oyster in terms of how I could manage this and what I could achieve and, and the impact that I could have. It was really incredible. And, you know, meanwhile, I was doing, you know, family travel and managing housekeepers and, you know, again, through my tenure, we did all sorts of things. Again, we actually went ahead and built an entire stable block that was you know, not there before. And then we saw from through from start to finish. So, yeah, it was incredibly comprehensive. Again, a real 360 role with lots of fun and interesting elements to it. Um, and then... I decided I was really, really determined to move out of the southeast, and I've been living down there for quite a while after I kept moved back from being overseas. And I just 
really wanted to come back to the, the countryside and, and back to where my family are. And you know what it's like, this industry up until kind of the pandemic has been so focused on that area. There's so much in-person work that needs to be done. So I left that role and again, sort of closed the chapter and wanted to start afresh to look for my next project. I was interviewing for uh, quite a few things and, and had some opportunities that didn't quite work out. They, you know, I think client alignment is really, really important to me. And who I work with, you know, I really want to ensure that I work with the right person. I didn't want to take the wrong role. So I said no to a few things, but I ended up actually taking also a position over summer with Kelly Hoppen working in her design studio. So that also kind of was an amazing sort of 360 of going like to the other side of what it's like working in a private VA. So doing, um, again, a lot of the stuff I'd done for clients before, but now um, working with somebody purely interior design, working in super creative environment. Um, and that was, again, just amazing. Kelly is just an absolute powerhouse. I have so much respect for the way she operates and be able to be on firsthand how she pulled a room together. I mean, I just, my mind boggles. It, it was incredible. I feel very privileged to um, have been able to witness that. Um, and I also helped um, her relocate and move house. So that was really incredible because I was able to do a lot of um, logistics. And this was where I suppose that I really started thinking, actually, maybe what I need to be doing here is um, freelancing and working for me because I sort of created these Excel documents where I would, Kelly's uh, openly dyslexic. Uh, she talked about it a lot. And, and so how she processes information, it needs to be very, very clear for her. And so one of the things that I did, I sort of recognized that I, I took spreadsheets and I would make an entire timeline of the move, every element, whether it was, okay, you're going to be able to park on the day outside of the property or when is this furniture arriving that you've ordered new or when is this furniture arriving that you're taking out of storage and all those different sort of crucial elements and, you know, color coded the whole thing and made this. And, you know, I presented this document to her and her team and she was just like, oh, okay, wow. And again, it made me finally think, Okay, right, I'm on to something here. This is where my logistics and my coordination really come in. This is my strong suit. Um, and maybe I am doing something different and kind of remarkable here. Because it's all very hard to take a step back and, I think, understand how you sit in the market, especially households are such insular places. This is, again, why the group is so important. You are an island so often. You, know, you are working at the top of the tree. You're often working directly with the client. There's nobody around you ever to say, okay, you did a great job. Most clients don't say that. They they give you, you know, little crumbs of how you understand their happy with your work but they don't often sit down and go oh here's this big appraisal of why we think you're amazing it's so non-standard and so to have that kind of feedback in a really big team of people who were all really experienced and who I deeply respected it really changed my ideas about maybe what I could offer and how I could help others achieve them and what can I do to you know impact other people's lives and I think that's where it sort of led me to today is that you know one of the things that I saw when I was working for clients in the States is that two things clients lives are very very changeable you know, there's always suddenly something drops in and the whole world changes because they decide they want to do something or a project happens or, or whatever it is. Um, there's so many things that it could be. And if you're in the position working for the client, either the client is always looking for resources and, and additional assistance um, because they're thinking, okay, well, who's this magic person I'm now going to find to do this? Um, and the same for those who are in senior roles, whether it's chief or staff, estate manager or house manager or executive assistant, PA. We're a finite resource and 
often the client might want something that is beyond our existing workload. And so I thought, you know, I had so many times in my role where I thought, gosh, I wish there was just somebody that I could say, hey, could you get this sorted? Because this is time sensitive. I've got all these other conflicting priorities going on that, again, I can't outsource them because I need to be in the house. I need to be the client focus person. But this other thing that is very non-client specific could go somewhere, but there's nowhere for it to go. And one of the things I found, you know, with clients, there's, of course, there's hesitancy. You know, people don't ever want to take off staff if they don't need to. I'm sure you find that. Too. You know, people always want to be really sure that they need this staff firmware, that they need to wear the ring. And, you know, what I hope to do is offer my services on a sort of ad hoc or project basis or on a retainer so that you know that you've got those extra hours to just call somebody up or email somebody to, hey, could you just sort out this really random request and just solve that for me and just make my life that little bit easier without having that level of commitment because you know some weeks you do need you know 80 hours of, of labor and another week you definitely only need 40 because you're out of the country and you're doing this and you're doing that and the other so I just hope that with my new venture it will you know help empower those that are in these roles and clients who are looking for something different you know, I think the pandemic just changed things so much and I think people understand now that there is so much that we can do in these roles remotely you know, so much of what I've done in the past for many of my positions have been remote and of course sometimes things in person help I, I'm going to be offering that too but I think fundamentally you know, the, the most important thing you need is a safe pair of hands and a trusted pair of hands um, and I hope that yeah my offer of that will speak to the market I've no idea I'm, I'm open to feedback and ideas from everybody you know I think you've got to just throw it wide open and see what happens and bring all my experience together so I guess yeah that brings me to present day yeah no good for you so you know what all of that's great and like and even when you sort of started out I love people that sort of start from the proper bottom like you go to Antibes work in the bloody crew house I, there's but so many people I speak to that want to go work on yachts and I go out there and I live in the crew house for months and I can't get a job. And it's like, why are you being so precious about getting on a yacht? Work. Just we do anything. Work. And um, that obviously worked well for you because getting your first position as a sole stew, um, that was obviously right, probably no offence, but right place, right time also, you know, and just the fact that you were there. But I, I got it within a week as well. You know, it was like it was insane. You know, most like you say, most of the other people who were in the house six, eight weeks. But, you know, I, I literally started job hunting by the next week. I had a role. You know, that was it. Um, and I think it was, you know, the feedback that I got was that they understood that, again, I was a strategic person and they thought, OK, that makes sense. Great. She's a thinker. You know, that's whatever I think, that's, you know, what everybody wants, isn't it? You just want somebody who's a thinker. You want somebody who can be solutions orientated and just make it happen and get on with it. You know, that's Key. Yeah. And then as we, say, as we say this all the time, I think your first role will make or break you in this industry because if you're with the right family in the right environment, you'll love it. You'll wear your ass off and you'll do it forever. Or is a baptism of fire. You hate it. The family are horrible and you never do it again. It's a bit like recruitment. Some people do recruitment for two days and never do it again. Yeah. Uh, but that family sounds like it was such a lovely environment for you. And then being able to go to Australia yeah. and then being able to transition onto land with the same family was really advantageous to you because I speak to people all the time that come off yachts. They come out of the UK to private domestic agencies who say, oh, you haven't got any experience. You have to start at the bottom as a housekeeper. And they're like, yeah. I've been a chief stewardess the last 15 years. What do you mean I've got no experience? Yeah. And some agencies just don't recognise it. And some clients don't recognise it. And it's mental. No. So it's nice that you were able to gain that land-based experience before you came back to the UK. So like you said, you had that yeah. all 360 yeah. you know, perspective of everything. You've done a bit of everything. It makes, makes you quite employable, actually, at that point. 
Yeah, and I felt really lucky that they'd given me that chance because I agree. And I've talked to other people um, who, again, have, like say, who are on boats who, again, said to me, how do I change this? I've kind of given them, you know, who am I to give any advice? You're much better positioned than me. But I, I've said exactly that. I said, well, you know, you probably need to take, you know, a slightly like one step back to go two steps ahead, which is daft, really, because, you know, actually what you do as a chief stewardess is often much harder than it is on land. You know, you're not at sea. I mean, that was always the thing. How do we do these provisionings where we're, we're sticking everything in every nook and cranny? You know, in a house, I was like, I've got so much storage. What am I? Oh, what do you mean? I don't have to fit everything under the seat. You know, it was like, I can keep a mini supermarket back there. Fantastic. You know, that's like, I don't know myself. You know, that's like so luxury. <laughs> in comparison yeah and um, i was going to touch on as well you mentioned earlier about the communication piece i'm such uh, in agreement with you like the biggest issue in most households and the reason why people fail in their roles is because of lack of communication yeah and communication is just not ever considered as important as it should be and like especially when it comes to people starting the training they're onboarding you know we'll get a call from a client after two months saying this candidate's shit and it's like okay talk me through the conversations you've had with the candidates since they started yeah. And at the end, they've never spoke to the candidate. There's no, never been any sort of like setting expectations, no. training, reviewing, yeah. you know, feedbacking, yeah. all the rest. The candidate's never even spoken to you. So how can you call me and say the candidate doesn't listen? It's like you've never spoke to the candidate. So the communication piece, everyone had, is responsible from top to bottom to middle. Everybody had a responsibility to communicate effectively. Yeah. And nobody does. Very rarely people do. The odd WhatsApp voice now is just not good enough, you know. No, and again, well, I think also it just helps so much, again, with retention. Now, I always think every team that I've run, you want to keep people as long as possible. You know, this is gold, you know, in, in your team. And these are the people that you lean on when things are hard. And if you can't invest in them to have that two-way conversation, you know, everything I've done with my teams were always, this is not a, oh, I'm telling you whether you're good or bad. And that's it. It's an open dialogue. It's a two-way conversation. It's, okay, what would you like to see? What do you wish was different? You know, I can't wave magic one sometimes but I think it just is so helpful if you're dealing with a difficult client who's asking a lot of the team if they can at least come to you and say okay I'm finding this really hard you know look at solutions how can you support that person better and also just be really honest sometimes and say look the client is like this are you really okay with this? Can we find a middle ground? Or is this not going to work for you in that early stage process? Instead of ending up with somebody who's quietly, you know, upset and not really enjoying it and just sort of sticking out and hoping that it might improve where, you know, when you're the manager, you're the one that can say, well, this is really how it is. And, and this is the way things are going to be. Um, I think that transparency is so key. And, and again, you just have to empower people. That's the most important thing when you manage anybody you know empowering them is really important I, and again I used to do that a lot when you know if, even if I was very senior I like you know trusting your housekeepers gardeners security team is so vital you know you can't be precious you can't be protectionist you have to trust that they know how to do the job because you can't always be the first person that the client comes to with something difficult and they have to know how to deal with that you know because again you can lose trust really quickly if you've got somebody in front of the client and they're there in a rabbit the headlights mode and again just one conversation that person can change you know with that team member can, can change the client's experience too massively yeah exactly and also don't underestimate the power of listening some people just want to have a rant and so when it comes to communication if some people just like especially if you're dealing with more junior members of staff they're not even wanting you to do anything they just want you to listen no because they've had a shit day do you know what i mean and so again keeping that open line of communication is just so key well, like I 
said again, it goes back to that thing of this industry. No, so few people understand what we do. I mean, you know, first of all, for privacy reasons, but also just because imagine trying to explain it to most people outside of it. You know, this is my world. This is what I did today. You know, people can't comprehend it, can they, outside? So you, you need to have that, that ability to offload a little bit with each other, um, especially on client-specific things that you, do. you can't share outside of the inner circle. It's really important. Yeah. And then bringing you on to where you are today, and this is why I love talking to people about their journeys because life just got a really funny way of like finding its way to a certain point and it's as if like everything that you've done has kind of brought you to the place where you are now in a position to set up your own business and the creativity that you've got and the experience that you've got in the design studio and the experience that you've got on the boat and the experience that you've got yeah. doing the PA stuff all that kind of stuff it's all now going to come together and enable you to start offering consultancy service that actually I think the market really needs. And some of the things you touched on so true, I think post-COVID, I find that principals are liking less stuff around. And I think that's where a lot of these hybrid roles have come about. Yeah. Hybrid roles is way more of a thing in the States than here. And it's when you start seeing health manager, butler, chef advertised. And it's like, well, what the fuck are you doing? And why are people even accepting? Yeah. Why are agencies even taking that role? Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I think the reason, they're, obviously, they're tight. We know, we all know that they're careful with their money. But I think also they, um, over lockdown, they slimmed their staffing right down to a skeletal team. The staff sort of managed, but I think they sort of quite like to have less people around. And I spoke to clients post-COVID have been like, I'd much prefer having six staff in my house, not 26 staff in my house. I don't know why I had 20 staff in my house. It's so much more enjoyable having less. So yeah, people are wanting smaller teams and people yeah. are wanting less people around. I've got a house manager in New York who doesn't work in the house at all. Yeah. He's 100% remote house manager. And it's because the principal yeah. just doesn't want anybody in the house anymore. So there is definitely now a need from clients wanting less people around, less people yeah. around their kids, less people in front of their face at breakfast. So I think this is a really good time for doing what you're doing. It takes balls to go out on your own. And so I'm absolute massive support from here because I just think anybody that's thinking about doing their own thing, Thank you. if you've got something to sell or someone to sell it to, give it a go. And you have, you've got a service that you know clients need and you've got a good network of clients to sell it to. So yeah, absolutely. if you don't do it, someone else will do it. Worst case scenario, you go get another job. You'll get a job in a heartbeat. We'll, yeah. we'll get you a job in a heartbeat. But you've got absolutely nothing to lose. So <laughs> I know you will. Hundred <laughs> I think it's a really, really good idea. I think it's something that the market really needs. And like you say, I think that whether it's a household that doesn't need a full-time house manager, just needs someone to pop in, or whether it's a busy uh, house with a house manager that just needs to delegate some stuff and, like you say, outsource some work, especially project work. I'm excited for you. I think it's a really good time to do it. And I think you're well positioned to do it. Where are you hoping to be based? Where are you based now? I'm, I'm actually based in Herefordshire in the West Midlands. So I'm going to base myself from here. This is, this is home. Um, and then I will, again, be looking basically to, to travel as needed to properties and meet with people, get systems up in place uh, as necessary, and then do whatever I can remotely and supporting everyone, basically. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, watch this space. We'll let everybody know. And anyone that's listening that's maybe interested in using Phoebe, um, in any capacity, well, obviously, when we put this out, we'll be linking you on LinkedIn, etc. So reach out to Phoebe through LinkedIn, reach out to us, we'll put you in touch. Thank you so much. If you are um, thinking this is just what I bloody need, about time. <laughs> Let's hope so. so. Yeah, very exciting. Good for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Let's talk about some highs and lows of this industry for you personally and before we sort of wrap up. So tell me some of the things that you absolutely love about this industry. For me, the thing that has been the absolute bedrock of everything is that I just love learning. And so the roles, all the roles that I've done, you know, has allowed me to just learn something new every day. There is no two days the same. It's always different and it's always incredibly educational. And I just absolutely love that. It's, you know, I'm never bored, never, ever bored. So true. And there are some people that that would terrify and obviously, they're not the right yeah. people for this industry. Some people no. really like the security of going to work, knowing what they're doing, going home. Some people thrive in this environment, where it's like, today could be anything. Yeah, the client wakes up and who knows? Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's very important. The world is made up of very different people. So we can all have our little slots in life. Yeah, that's it. Talk us through then some of your um, day-to-day challenges. What do you find some of the most difficult things uh, at times working with in the private sector? very important to sort of manage expectations you know I think one of the biggest areas where you can fall foul and again I feel comfortable I've got this now but certainly in the beginning it's very easy to just give everything away and have no boundaries and have no um, kind of management of what their client expects you know it's very easy to slip into sort of a 24-7 position especially if you you know you really care about people that you work for you know that's important to me but I think it's vital to, to sort of yeah protect that how you can and again always manage up is what I say nobody is there to manage you you are there to manage the client most of the time you have to look at the big picture you have to see where the deficiencies are and make sure that you're ahead of the curve and you're able to say to the client okay they're going to expect x y and z at that time is that really deliverable is this really realistic and I tend to sort of tackle that by just being so um, transparent and honest and very, very raw with the client, you know, I deal with, always have been. And I think, again, I literally say this when I interviewed, like, if you don't want honesty, don't hire me. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. If we need to have a tough talk, I'm going to be there having it with you, you know, and, that, and that's important, I think, because that pulls you through. Because there are tough times. It, it does get hard. Um, but you've got to be willing to do that and really put your name to these things and, and own it. It's vital. I also think that I think clients respect raw honesty. Yeah. Like so many people think they are intimidated by clients and think you can't say this stuff. And from our point of view, the amount like we're also very honest with clients and like I'll tell a client immediately if what they're looking for is completely unrealistic. Yeah. And I know that other agencies aren't having the same conversation. So other agencies are taking these stupid roles yeah. and stupid expectations, stupid yeah. responsibilities and salary, etc. We're not. Um, and actually, like, you need to have the balls to broach the conversation. But once you get into the conversation, there is a level of respect from them yeah. that you've been able to be honest with them. So that's what I found. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Vital. Fine. So we've had loads to cover. We're trying to pack it in. We've done very well. Well done, us. <laughs> half an hour. We have. We're going to finish it with a quick fire round. I've got a few quick fire questions for you. And then we'll wrap up and I'll let you crack on with your day. Okay, go ahead. You ready? Yeah, go for it. How many years have you worked in the private sector? Eight years in the private sector and the plus eight years in business before that. Nice. What's the most frustrating thing someone in your team can do? Dishonesty. I, you know, break the vow of trust and be dishonest about something. I don't care whether it's about the ironing or the diamonds. Never, ever be dishonest. It's so important. Honesty. Also, like, you're going to get caught. Like, you're going to get caught. I tell my three-year-old all the time, you're going to get caught. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> it's pointless. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's so true. What are you not very good at? My worst foible always was getting my paper filing work done in my last big role where we had the construction. There was so much paperwork, physical paperwork. And so I had to start booking time in my own diary to make sure I did it every week and just like had reminders everywhere, do paper <laughs> paper paperwork and filing and put everything away because otherwise it just build up well having spoken to you now knowing how much you love the creative stuff how much you love the project work how lo- how much you love learning get stuck into new things i can totally understand why paperwork be the bottom of your list no surprise <laughs> <laughs> no surprise at all it is always <laughs> yeah next question what was the last thing you googled for work I've actually been using ChatGTP a lot, very controversial, but I used ChatGTP and basically formulated a whole Cornwall itinerary for somebody. And it's just amazing. Again, between Google and ChatGTP, well, life changing, Ah. whole new world. Very good. I wonder what I last Googled. This is a very risky thing for me to look. How do I find out what I last Googled? How do you do that? Google. Oh, (laughs) The last thing I Googled was veggie curry recipes. There we go. That was the last thing I googled. (laughs) Good one. Top tip to someone just starting out in the private sector. Always be incredibly professional and have good conduct because this industry is very small. And even if people don't treat you very well, you should always remain professional. (laughs) Most memorable memory of your career so far? What's been a massive high for you? Um, Massive high would be being able to be a guest on a CPR after working on them. I think that's kind of like the ultimate sort of 360. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Very nice. Final question. Final question. Apart from ours, what's your favourite podcast right now? I am obsessed with the Keeping Up Appearances luxury podcast. It's actually a companion podcast to the TV show. And it is really, really funny and bizarrely relevant to our industry. So definitely check it out. It's just started its third season. I'm a big fan. And I mean, I used to love Keeping Up Appearances as a child. What's it called? Keeping Up Appearances. Do you remember the, um, you know, a 90s show with Patricia Rapland? Yeah. And I used to watch this. It was like my favourite thing as a child. And now I look at it and I... Richard! Richard! <laughs> Mine was like Liz Richard. And now I look back and I think, God, yeah. this is so funny. Like, this again, this is so 360 about like my life and that I used to love this as a child. I, you know, I think it says a lot about me. Love it. Well, you know what? I am always struggling to find something to listen to uh, on podcasts. I'm going to ask everybody about it so we can all get inspired with not what other podcasts are out there right now, other than the trash that I keep listening to. Uh, well, I've got a whole long list. Do you need any more? Let me know. <laughs> Ah, fabulous. Well, there we are. Look, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for your time. Wonderful. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Philippa. And again, keep up this fantastic work that you've been doing in the industry. You know, you really are innovators and we are lucky to have you. Ah, no worries. And when you get your business set up and running, let us know. We'll give you a massive shout out too. I will, definitely. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. No worries. Cheers. Thank you very much, Phoebe, for coming on. I say it every week. I'm so grateful for people to come on. Uh, give up their time. Really, really grateful. No, I don't actually think anyone enjoys doing it either. I think people find it quite scary. But I'm very grateful that people come and do it. It's very relaxed. I'm very friendly. If anyone listening wants to come and join, please do. But no, thank you very much, Phoebe. That was fab. As always, if we can help you with anything, you know where we are. Come and visit us at silversongrecruitment.com. You can email me at philippa at silversongrecruitment.com also. Whether you're looking for work, whether you're looking for staff, whether you want to join one of our communities, whether you want to come and work for me, I need some staff, I'm hiring. Whether you also have any questions, as you know, every other week we talk internally with some of my team 
regarding some of people's daily dilemmas. So anything that you're struggling with, anything you want advice on, feel free to email it in. We keep it anonymous, pop me an email. We'll discuss it as a team and hopefully provide some useful advice. So that's me at philippa at silverswanrecruitment.com. And that's a wrap. I'll see you all next week.